theoretically possible. Why waste time? But it doesn't make any sense. Discovery Houston, press to ATO. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back. Hello, planet Earth. These are your favorite Earthlings, Jonathan and Quinn. And today we're talking about a bit of a different planet, the metaverse. But this is based on our previous discussion on how I applied for a fellowship. And this is a bit of an update. And I'm kind of looking forward to updating our wonderful friends on how this program went and where it is going now. Yeah, it's been really interesting to, of course, you know, John's doing this program, but I'm right there with him just learning and listening. And he's, it's been really interesting to just see how this, um, the whole program has been put together yeah. and how it's progressed and how it's actually influenced, you know, I, I think both of our thinking mm-hmm. probably for the better. For the better, for sure. For I mean, sure. You learn, you live, you make progress, you make decisions. This is a lot of learning and it's been, I have to say, it has been a bit different than I originally thought. So basically, there's a call to action. I'm gonna just going to give an update really yeah. quick. Call to action. There's a content creator called Nas Daily. His name's Nasir. And he worked with one of the, probably the most famous non-fungible token collectors on planet Earth out of Singapore. And he is the gentleman who bought the art piece for 69 million dollars and he put together a fellowship program for anyone around the whole entire world to apply for and they had over 7,000 applications and they were going to pick 70 individuals to participate in the program where they take classes on learning how to create uh, good content for that's understandable for the masses and then also focus it on crypto and non-fungible tokens and why this technology is empowering and i'm very grateful i was accepted into the first part of it so i made it from 7000 to 70 and then just i think it was like yesterday they made a transition of going from 70 to 50 and the 50 top 50 individuals get compensated for making content on their platform or on whatever platform they choose to make it on and i'm very happy i woke up this morning and before my eyes were even open my wife was staring down at me saying congratulations you made it and i was like holy cow that's awesome so i'm very grateful that i went through it it was it was a lot because this is all based out of singapore so that's exactly 12 hour time difference from where we're located at. So they were very nice because this was a global event and there were people from all over the world. I mean, South, every, every continent, I guess, except Antarctica. And they were really top quality content creators. Some of them already had like a very significant following. Three million, I think, was yeah. one of the top individuals. And he's, he was out of India, but they were all over the world. And they separated us into different groups. And when I last spoke to you guys about this, the first day I was kind of excited about because I got to see and speak to the guy who bought the $69 million piece, which is so crazy because he's a young kid out of Singapore, born and raised in India. 
And then ever since then, it kind of became a bit more like class, and I'm grateful for it, but it was it was a little bit different than I expected. I'll just tell you that, because I thought it was going to be so much more learning exactly about cryptocurrencies and non-fungible tokens, but they kind of left that up to us. They really hyper-focused on what's the best way to share your idea, your message, your thoughts with the world. Yeah. And that was that was a bit of a surprise for me. Yeah, it was definitely more focused on how to be a really great content creator, right? Mm-hmm. What are the things that you want to f- think about when you're really making content, especially when it's informational about a play, about a, about something that is really difficult to understand. Yeah. And so, you know, it was about simplify, 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 which I think we both agree is very good up to a certain point right. um, where it's like you're oversimplifying it to the fact where, to the point where people are actually being mis like, Un, like miseducated basically yeah. like you're not actually explaining to them the right things because yeah. you're oversimplifying it but yeah. that was just one of the many things i think that was learned throughout all of the sessions i mean mm-hmm. they actually got, i mean you created a bunch of stuff you actually you know got feedback i thought that the whole process was really interesting because it was their method of mm-hmm. course there are many methods yeah. to creating content and that's what i love about all the different types of content out there but right. they had their own that they were teaching people and it was great because there were some people who had absolutely no following like there was not you had a whole range you had people who had a really really huge following to like yeah. absolutely zero and they accepted a large variety of international. I thought the fact that it was so international was mm-hmm. one of the best things about the whole program, yeah. honestly, because you really kind of got to understand different perspectives of cryptocurrencies, NFTs, digital assets, all of that stuff from different parts of the world, the world, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I mean, because not content is different depending on what languages you speak, right? Mm-hmm. The content that you receive on YouTube or on TikTok is different based on the region of the world that you live in. Mm -hmm. So you're exposed to various different things, but this was, it was a, it was definitely more course driven, but I think one of my favorite parts about some of the classes that you had was the guest speakers. They Mm. really like came on and they shared some of their own insight on the ever changing landscape of, you know, digital media, media, social media. It was really interesting. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's a good segue to explain some of the best guest speakers. One for sure. He's the obvious one is Nasir, the guy who created Nas Daily. I'll tell you a story briefly. He went to Harvard for his undergraduate. And then immediately after he got a six-figure job out of New York working for Venmo. And he wanted to, he, he set a goal of making a video every single day. And he started doing it during his travels. And it worked well enough that he was able to quit his job with Venmo and just travel around the world telling stories about different people, different places, different projects that were that were impactful, that carried some deeper meaning. And a lot of his success, it's so crazy how social media has changed so much, but it reminds me of when we were doing Life Out of the Box, social media was so different than yeah. what it is now. And his success was Facebook just at the point of him making these videos was just entering the realm of promoting videos on their own platform. And rather than him going with the herd of salmon into uh, the YouTube realm, he swam against the river and went fully focused on Facebook, recognizing that Facebook has a very powerful button 
unlike YouTube, which is the share button. Yeah. And if you can get a few people to share it, he can build his channel to a massive scale. And he was really on it where he also focused on providing his content with subtitles in, I think it was like eight languages. So all those channels had, or he, he made a new channel for each language. So one was in Vietnamese, one was in Spanish. And then building all those together, it got him a massive following with his primary one being in English, of course, but it was able to reach millions and millions of people around the world. And he he kept on investing into it and he moved to Singapore and his big project has been creating NOS Academy, which has been going very well. I think a lot of people have uh, actually pay for the class that I took. I'm grateful I got a scholarship for it, but a lot of people do like they have a whole team of people working behind the scenes and they just recently, I think it was only maybe a couple of weeks ago, got $11 million invested into the growth of NOS Academy and they are really, really trying to get more courses up and available and bringing this on a national scale, also focusing on the B2B aspect because technically the Medicoven, he's, he's the one who paid for all of this through his Metapurse fund. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be him that's actually going to be paying me, but they're also technically paying NOS Academy for us because you know, someone's got to pay for the scholarship. So they're going to be looking at different ways of doing that beyond just Metapurse and cryptocurrencies. And I'm excited to see how that all comes together and develops, but it's definitely, uh, he's got a lot of knowledge and he's way globally minded. And I am very inspired by that aspect of his life for sure. Yeah. I think one of the really interesting things that you touched on that he obviously spoke about in, in the group several times too, was yeah, Facebook at the time, and this was very much, I think, aligned right around when we were like, in, you know, doing life out of the box as well, where we saw something similar that he did because he was traveling around the world, was mm-hmm. that when people were coming online in different parts around the world, including Nicaragua or other parts of Asia or India and whatnot, when they were coming online, they saw Facebook as the internet. It was like mm-hmm. Facebook was the internet. Yeah. It wasn't Google that was the search engine. Right. It was they leapfrogged over Google. YouTube was okay, but really where everyone was interacting and finding their stuff and searching, this was definitely true in Central America when we were there. It was all Facebook, right? right? So that's why they were really leaning into video, obviously, because that was just another place to kind of expand. This is before they even owned Instagram or anything like that, right. too. So I know. It's so crazy to reflect on it. It is. But I think that one interesting, besides just understand what, what global being globally minded can do in terms of seeing opportunity. That's one of them in terms of like how other people outside of the United States were really starting to use the internet and what platforms were they using? They were all using Facebook, but Mm -hmm. it's also a lesson I think to reflect on in, yeah, where is the, where is the herd going and how can you actually, where are the platforms where there's actual land grab still, Mm -hmm. right? Where it's not, you're entering a world, a platform where it's already oversaturated and you're doing it because this is where, you think, you know, this is where you consume your content. This is where you get a lot of that stuff. Mm. Just because that's the place where you go doesn't mean that that's the best place for your content to actually be, you know, consumed and absorbed. And his was very international too. So he was looking for a way to differentiate himself. And I just thought that was a really interesting lesson in general too. It worked. It really worked. There's no question of it. Yeah. He's so globally mindset. Like 
his perspective, the way that he views the world, it really is inspirational. He's in Singapore. NOS Academy is based in Singapore because it's, I think we can both agree, it's the best place for investment, for big fund groups to be, to get investment. But his personal NOS Daily page, which he separated as a separate business entity, is actually based out of Dubai. That way he doesn't have to pay tax there. So that's very like, it's, it's kind of cool. Like I'm like, holy cow, yeah. like this guy's really thinking it through, yeah. coming up with a plan. And now it went from this, it will be interesting to see how this pans out because it went from just, you know, a YouTube page to now it's an educational platform. But after it got that investment, it kind of shifted it to now being in the same group as the investment company invested into Snapchat and other big, well-known companies that we all know as unicorns. And it's like, is it possible that this NOS Academy could become a unicorn? And I'm definitely at the beginning group of, of people who, I mean, I was, I took a course before the $11 million money came in. So there's going to be so many more people that are going to be graduating from the many programs that they're going to offer. I think they're aiming to hire like a hundred freaking people. That's a lot of people. That is a lot of people. And what is the direction of it? How's it going to go? I don't know. I mean, I thought it was fascinating from a, I don't know. I, I do educational content creation sometimes. And then also being a professor with you, this was a different online experience where it was all about in-person zoom meetings. There was pretty much very little assignments to do on your own, like reading assignments. It was make these videos, three big videos and attend all these meetings. And if you did all that and your quality of video was high enough, then you kept on moving up into the, into the next level. And it is, I'm wondering how this is going to evolve because I think that there is so much more. What are your thoughts on the whole program? Well, I do think that what you're talking about is definitely one of the huge takeaways, I think, from this whole program, even though, you know, you're going to go, go on into the next phase of the program. We'll talk more about that. But this that is just concluded really, I think, opened both of our eyes up in terms of what is education going to look like in Mm -hmm. the future. And this experience online, I mean, you had to show up. All right. That was like the number one thing (laughs) that you're graded on was showing up. Yeah. Regardless of what time zone you're in, you got to wake up regardless if it's a Saturday at nine o'clock at night, you got to show up. And so that was, I think, to me, really, um, I think it was a feature, not a bug, obviously. It was hmm. definitely a way to weed people out, right? Yeah. And, and it kept it equal because if for every 9 o'clock on a Saturday, there was a 9 a.m. on a Sunday. Yeah, exactly. It, they went back and forth so that it was, yeah, I guess, accessible to everyone as much as possible. Or at least there was, you know, trade-off with every single person regardless of your time zone. Right. But I, I think that that is a huge part of online learning, though. I mean, you could to, to just say, hey, here's the slide deck, read this, blah, blah, blah. Like, to me, what they were trying to do is they were trying to really create a community of cohort of people where you also had this WhatsApp group, right? Where you had a WhatsApp group where in your cohort of people who you would see all the time, like every time you did a Zoom call, you were constantly talking and getting feedback from each other. And then you were also getting feedback from your teachers right. as well, based on like what you were creating. And yeah, you were expected to be there. And sometimes these classes would go on for like three hours, but you were just <laughs> listening to guest speakers or you were listening to the process, the flow, or you were getting, you're listening to people's feedback on other people's stuff. 
Right. And they had office hours too, where you could actually come in and actually say, hey, I want feedback on this at a, at, with a smaller group. Right. And to me, this is way more advanced, to be honest, than a lot of, a lot of university online programs. Yeah. Really, I, and, and this to me is where I feel like maybe that $11 million investment was going towards is mm. how is education? Education has moved online. There's not much we can do about this at this point. Like mm-hmm. people can go back into school and try to make it the old way, but even the old way needed some fixing and updating, right? right? Yeah. Like, why are we learning some of this stuff? Like why? I mean, I'm glad that no one's learning how to do cursive anymore. Cause that was ridiculous, you know, but <laughs> there were some things That's like even funny. in higher education, like why is it that, why is this the way that it is? And it's going to take a lot of time to unwind it and change it. Right. Whereas someone like NAS Academy, look, what is the number one thing that most of my students wanted to do? They wanted to be their own boss. They wanted to be creators. They wanted to be influencers. They wanted to do something online. Yeah, I bet that's the same for if you were to ask high school and middle school I'm sure students. it would be even more, honestly. Yeah. I think it would probably be like, I just want to be a YouTuber. I just want to do this. You know, it would be something to do with social media online. Vlogging. Something to that, Yeah, something to that extent. And they are teaching people that. You're not going to mm-hmm. learn that. I mean, I think o- Oklahoma State University maybe started a social a class on social media in their marketing department like two years before we left right wow do you know how long social media has been going on for i mean since i was an undergrad facebook was think about how different the content that they presented in that class is to the content that should be presented today yeah because social media changes so much like for example one thing that they kept on emphasizing and i honestly i haven't really been paying too much attention to it but i'm aware of youtube's update where they now have YouTube shorts and it's it's very similar to how TikTok's format is where it's short what is it maximum a minute video yep. and they're they're just trying to get your attention on it as long as possible and that's they're like if you can figure out how to get your message across utilizing the algorithm that they're focusing on you will win this game. And they didn't really care. That's why they were open to people not having a huge following. It wasn't. It didn't matter because sometimes you can have zero following, but if you hit it dead on, it can go from zero to boom real, real quick. And that's a little bit of a different thing than even what I would say to anyone like two years ago. Yeah. You know? Two years ago, I probably would have said, just it's a long-term battle. Just keep going. I know. Eventually, we'll get to a meal. But no, now you're seeing people... Out of nowhere, I mean, the subway guy. There's a guy on on uh, YouTube Shorts and on TikTok who I thoroughly enjoy watching, which is so weird. But all he does is he wears either a GoPro or a phone on his head, like a little like, band, and he looks down and he makes Subway sandwiches. And while he's making Subway sandwiches, he tells a story of maybe a customer that came in and said that their sandwich was too burnt. Or this one time Tony Hawk came into his place or, you know, it's so weird. But for a minute, you're like fascinated by watching this guy make a Subway sandwich. And they slow down like the, these little moments where like if you grab too many tomatoes, he'll toss the tomato back into the bin and they'll <laughs> slow mow it. And you're like, whoa. Well, he's a good storyteller. He's honestly, excellent, there's th- that's the algorithm right now. And he yeah. went from zero to a freaking i think it's like millions millions and millions in a month yeah well and i think that really is that that to me is a very interesting aspect about what nas daily how it will evolve because mm-hmm. to me what's happening right now is that they're not just an online you not a university they're not accredited they're they're, that, not accredited. they're they're not 
like going to give you an undergrad degree that's going to show, you know, but like, no, you get a certificate, you get a certificate. Um, but depending on what job you do, that might actually be more valuable than your actual undergrad degree, especially that's what they would argue. Yeah. They would argue that, but what they're doing is even a step further than that. It's almost Mm. like your class is set up to be an incubator too. Mm. And to me, like they're, what, what they're doing is they're saying any platform you want, here, let's educate you on all the different platforms and what's going on right now. Right. And that included YouTube Shorts that happened as this class was, you know, happening. Mm-hmm. And they really do want to see who hits it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because there are new features, as new features get rolled out on these massive platforms that, like, I'll say it again, all need disrupting mm-hmm. at all times. But YouTube's taking that, you know, short film feature from TikTok yeah. and Instagram. And just saying, hey, here, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to we're going to reward anyone who, who pivots to this yeah. area. And you could go from zero to a million. Right. You can do that. And so that's why they're saying keep it open. And we'll, of course, they want that data. Of yeah. course, they're going to want that data about the people who went through their program. And they're going to want to keep on encouraging people and wanting to. Because it was really interesting when you were when Nasser was um, the guest speaker and talking about Facebook. I think you asked him the question, like, if you were starting from scratch right now, day one, zero followers, where would you go and mm-hmm. why? And he stuck with Facebook. And I was yeah. like, wow, that's pretty interesting, actually. Like, really? I was surprised by that, too. But it makes sense, though. He's got a special relationship with Facebook. He like right. literally goes to Facebook headquarters and speaks there still. like That's his place. That's his platform. And to Facebook's credit, they did acquire Instagram. And Instagram's been rocking it still. Yeah. They're staying very relevant. But I, th- I just think that it's interesting. Once someone's successful on a platform, it's almost like they kind of stick with that platform. Mm. And, they need, and they need to. That's not influencing NAS Academy, though. NAS Academy mm-hmm. is still very agnostic in terms of yeah. what platform. They try very, to teach very. all of it. But you know, then at the same time, they also brought on someone who is talking about TikTok and all of the different advantages that you could have from TikTok. Well, yeah. at the same time, this, and you can explain who that gentleman was better than I can. He yeah. used to be in charge of CNBC's TikTok. Yeah, yeah. well, he's he's doing a few experiments. His name's Upton. And I was actually really stoked when this guy came in uh, as a guest speaker, who's now a, he, he does work for NOS Academy, but I do think it's more of like contracting, like for whichever he he got paid for this is what I'm saying. And he made his name and his face so familiar embedded in my brain because CNBC did an excellent job of transitioning from the channel that we all know to going from news to entertainment news, like shark tank was a big show or, uh, uh, undercover bosses and that type of entertainment. And then transitioning to YouTube where they were creating really great content for the younger individuals that were teaching them about something business related. So it was, uh, one of them was the first Amazon store where you just walk out. So you grab whatever you want and you just walk out of the store. And he did an excellent video, like breaking it down, how the technology works, but like super entertaining for my generation. And I will say all the way probably to high school level. And his most recent one was when the pandemic was going on. He was my insight as to the strict uh, protocol that Hong Kong went through to prevent the virus from entering Hong Kong by requiring you to wear an ankle bracelet for two weeks and being stuck in your hotel. And like all this really what looked at the time like extreme measures, but 
very effective measures in preventing the spread of the virus at a time where no one was vaccinated. And unfortunately, he said that he, uh, with the virus, the pandemic, he went through transition with his job with CNBC, and now he's focusing on doing it on his own individual platform. But just the insight of what it would be like to be a part of a big production company like CNBC to make professional videos. And now he has a face, like honestly, he's famous in my mind of being that bridge between our generation and news in depth on, on the ground. Where is he going to go from here? And so I learned a lot from that guy. I really, really enjoyed it. He was a very nice guy. I asked him a lot of questions. It was fun. Yeah, it was really interesting to just see the whole scope of the media industry right now and how much it's changing. Like really people have their own little silos of how they acquire information and how do you ensure that the content is informational and applicable to all generations. Well, you can't really kind of have to pick one. You kind of have to pick, but he was an example of bridging, right? Mm -hmm. Of of really trying to make it as generalizable and interesting for everyone, right? Based on whatever platforms he wanted to use and whatnot. And it was interesting too, because uh, right after he spoke and it was fascinating to hear him talk about TikTok and all the different things that are going on over there. I mean, the one thing that everyone emphasized was whatever platform you're using, just be aware that that could be taken away from you in a moment. Right. You're, you're, you're basically, you're, you're playing on glass and that glass can just give out. The algorithm can change. Like something could change in a second. Yep. Um, and it did actually, they, TikTok banned basically um, financial advice for cryptocurrencies and yeah. whatnot on, on TikTok during this program. And so I'm surprised no one addressed it, but it is going, that, that is just one example of, you know, they're talking about some really like, this is very current moment yeah. education. all the freaking time. Yeah. It, you, you, you emphasized it perfectly that not Nasir said it's like his empire that he's building is built on a glass foundation. It's true. It is. If you're they can not, change it like that. If you don't own the platform, you have to know that there's something that could happen on in a dime. And yep. so that's why he has that special relationship with Facebook. He mm-hmm. probably wants to have conversations with people before the algorithm changes. And mm-hmm. he's in a position where he can, but most creators don't have that, no. that position within YouTube or TikTok or yeah. Instagram or whatever it is that they're doing. I mean, some to an extent they do, but majority um, are independent. <laughs> yeah. The majority are independent, which is, uh, it's a great way to make a living. Obviously a lot of people are, and a lot of people do. And this is, if this is the way that most people want to make their money in the future, I just think that this is the type of education that they're going to seek out more than saying, Oh yeah, I got to go get my degree, you know, from whatever university mm-hmm. in a, in a major that I really don't have, I don't care about at all because all I want to do is make stuff, you yeah, know, yeah. online. So to me, it was, I, it's been eye opening as former higher education educators, professors Mm -hmm. to really see how, when you're not encumbered by an institution, I mean, an institution can really help uplift you, but can also the red tape and bureaucracy of it can really prevent anything from progressing fast. And in order for these institutions to really, you know, actually be teaching, obviously you don't want to just be teaching social media. That's like, there, there needs to be a depth and a breadth of education for anyone who's going through higher education, but at least updating the curriculum is, is not an easy thing. And so they're taking advantage of that gap. I think that's really what it is. And we'll see how education evolves online in the future. But I think that making it as in-person and personal in terms of a community, like you have support was a huge, huge part of their competitive advantage. Yeah. We all joined a, a Facebook group of all of us. We also joined 
multiple WhatsApp groups so that we, I mean, I honestly had to mute the WhatsApp group sometimes because, you know, they're in Asia and they're like messaging like crazy at like three in the morning. So there is a very tight community and they also embedded, like you said, in-person special, but communities just as viable. Every single time there was a class, there was 30 minute community time prior. And then after the meeting, there was always breakout rooms after the whole course. So it ended up being quite a lot. And the breakout rooms were great because then you can pick which room uh, applies to you. What do you want to learn about? Is it this platform or this platform? Do you want to learn about this cryptocurrency or these non-fungible tokens? Or what is it that is interesting to you? And because there were 70 of us, there's always enough people in each group that you could have a good conversation. So I will say that it was a very good program. And I'm very excited about the next phase because the next phase is about creation. And this is more the world that we have been fascinated by that I was hoping to get a little bit more learning from that. But most of the crypto learning came from me doing it by completing the assignments. So they were like, explain this to your grandma, explain this to your mother. And so I would have to do the research. But this is now where it's they're going to provide specific guest speakers that are experts within these fields. And so I'm very excited about those. I'm excited about all the additional research and yeah, kind of playing around. I, I mean, it's, it's creating is a fun thing and it's, it's a great feeling to get lost in it. And I want to do that more often with whatever we do in the future. Yeah, me too. I'm excited for this next phase. It will be interesting and we'll see where it takes us. We'll keep you updated. We will. And I look forward to speaking with each of you tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Thank you.